Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Fahati. Hello, my name is Bahati. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful to be able to share my story tonight. Um, grateful to Michelle for um, uh, asking me to speak here tonight. Um, just to qualify, um, my abstinence date is June 13, 2014. Um, since then, um, I've released about 113 pounds, uh, 123 pounds from my highest weight before I came into the program. Um, my, basically, my abstinence is um, to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive eating behaviors. So pretty much what the OA, um, you know, guidelines for what uh, abstinence is. Um, yeah, as I was reflecting um, this morning on speaking here tonight, I really thought about how my life has changed so much since I came to OA. And, um, you know, it's, it's really uh, jaw-dropping for me to see all the changes that have happened in the four years since I've been in program. Uh, because program, for me, before program, it was really, things were really bleak and really dark. And so um, life was really uh, centered on um, just trying to get by, just trying to show up the best way I could. And, um, and food was really a comfort for me. Um, I come from a family of um, addicts on both sides, and uh, both my parents were really like emotionally unavailable, didn't really show up, um, kind of phoned it in as parents and, um, you know, but really financially supported me to care for me in every way they could, but um, they just weren't really there for me. And um, food was really like the way I took care of myself. And, um, and I found that really, really early on, maybe as early as six or five or six or something, I started to pick up weight around that time. And um, my only concern was always just, you know, can I lose weight? I want to lose weight. Losing weight was my main focus. So excess weight was always something that was always in my mind. I thought about it a lot. Um, I was very, um, I think uh, the weight also helped to keep me away from the world. So it kind of blocked me out from other people. It was kind of like my fortress and a way I can protect myself and I can be safe. I can, you know, keep myself secluded and um, I didn't have to worry about what other people thought about me if I was, you know, kind of wrapped up in the, in the weight and then also in the food, which kind of put me in this food coma. And um, I was just really sleepwalking through life and I just really wasn't present at all. And um, it was just really a hard, a hard way to live. Um, it's really interesting because it's like when I look at how hard I work in program and how hard I work in, in a way, um, you know, it's like it's worth it. It's not, um, you know, it's not like a sacrifice to me. It's like really like worth it to do the work that I do. Um, to have what I have in terms of recovery. Um, but, um, yeah, so things are really, really, really challenging. Um, and I remember just thinking, okay, if I can find a way, if I can find a solution, I can find the perfect diet or whatever, you know, things are going to be okay. I can just, you know, that was my only issue was the excess weight. Um, and I, so I sought out a lot of spiritual modalities. I did meditation retreats. I did, like, uh, different religions. I mean, just different things that I thought could, like, kind of fill this, this hole, this hole that I didn't even know I had. And um, I would read a lot of books, um, and I would really pretty much live from the neck up. Like, I really was just always in my head and just always trying to be overly intelligent and overly smart. And so I tried to use that to compensate for what I thought I lacked everywhere else. And, um, and it just really... Uh, it really, it shut me out from other people, um, 
And it really made it hard for me to, to connect with other people. And so uh, I had friends. You know, I connected with people the best way I could. And people would, you know, uh, it's funny because now friends who know me before who knew me before program uh, say, oh, you were so different then. Like, you were just really unapproachable, and it was hard to get to know you, but they still sought me out. And so I really feel grateful that people were willing to still connect with me, even though I was like, get away from me. And, um, but, um, and so I really, uh, that was pretty much how things were for, like, the longest. And um, I remember when um, I came to, I, I found out about 12-step programs, and uh, that was when I came across a book. So, again, I was reading all these books and trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do with my life and, um, you know, how to fix this problem that I had that was only external to me. And, um, and I came across this book that uh, was a non-program book, and it uh, included a, a particular diet program along with 12 Steps. And so and I remember reading through the book, and I just skipped past the 12 steps and said, let me look at the food part, because who cares about this other stuff, because I don't know what that is. And uh, so I wanted to focus on the food only. And, uh, but that kind of sparked, you know, just the thought that maybe it's something bigger than just the food itself. And uh, so I ignored that book for, you know, for the most part. And I just kept uh, eating and, and just really uh, sort of burying myself under... Um, a lot of just uh, self-loathing and self-hate and, um, and just really like a, a small, a very small life. And, um, and then I came across another book that was a woman's story. She's a compulsive overeater, and it was her memoir uh, about her life. And she was living back east. She's a writer, and I'm also a writer, and so I kind of connected with her story. And, um, and I said, oh, okay, this is interesting. And I read through it, and I remember reading it, like, cover to cover, and just was, like, really riveted about by her story. And... Um, and I remember getting to the back of the book, and I was sitting in the library. I remember I was sitting in the library parking lot because I needed to turn the book back into the library. And at the very last page, it said, um, "Have listings for Overeaters Anonymous." And I thought, "Oh, okay. Well, this is this is what she did. You know, I kind of connected with her story. Need me check it out." And this is in 2000, 2005. And so um, in the fall of two thousand and five, I first came into OA. And um, I went to, I think it was Serenity Sunday. It was the newcomers meeting. And um, I remember going and just sitting in the circle and, uh, you know, went to another meeting after that. And, um, and I went to one meeting in particular, 100 Pounders meeting, where it was a woman who spoke who just, her story just really touched me. And I was really connected with her. And, uh, and she, um, you know, after the meeting, I went up to her and asked her to sponsor me. You know, I was brand new, didn't know anything about this. And she was willing to sponsor me, and she started to work with me and work with the steps. And I got maybe to as far as step one or two, and, you know, I was like, I, you know, I think I'm good. I don't think I need this anymore. Like, I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't think I have a problem with this. I think it's just a food issue. I think I'm just going to, she was like, oh, but Bahati, you know, you said you have issues with food. And, you know, she really kind of relayed to me what I've been telling her these last couple months that she was working with me, and I just was like, man, I'm good. Like, so I'm, I left. And um, and I was really, um, yeah, I left. And so as I think about it now, it's, it's funny because um, later on she said, well, I'll, yeah. So, so she come back around, and so she um, became a friend. So she really became a true friend, and she we had things in common, which was awesome. So we kept in contact, and she would call me, and we would go hang out and do things. And she never brought up OA again. And then uh, not until 2012, she was um, helping to lead a, a big book workshop. And, you know, she called me. I think she called me or emailed me, and she was like, hey, you know, maybe she should come out to this workshop and just check it out. 
I thought, oh, okay, I'll just go. You know, she was a friend inviting me somewhere. And uh, I went, and before I knew it, she was sponsoring me again. And I was like, <laughs> and I was going to this workshop every Tuesday. And I was like, how did I get roped into this? What is this? Like, how did, I, how did this happen? And so I was back in program and didn't even know it. Like, I just walked right in, you know, via her. And um, but I remember sitting in that workshop, and I, I look back at that study, um, big book that I had, and I remember it just... It had all these really great notes. Like I had to, I'm really good at note taking and I'm really good at, at picking up information without even really being present. So I can write stuff down and just hear what you have to say and but I don't have to fully be present. I don't have to be in the room. And I remember just being really checked out during those workshops because I don't remember anything people said. Like so if it was a conversation, if it was someone sharing their story, I don't remember anything anyone said, anybody's name or anything. And I remember I just, but I showed up and that's the best that I can do. And, um, and so she worked with me where I was. And, um, and so I remember um, I sent over my food to her uh, at the end of one particular day. And she made a comment about a particular food item that she, you know, was this, you know, had a question about and, you know, brought some, some red flags for her. And I was appalled. I was like, you're talking about my food. What are you talking about? Like, you can't talk about my food, you know. So it was like, uh, it was really upsetting, actually, enough that I walked away again. And so I, um, that was good enough for me to leave. Like, I was just like, you give me an excuse, I'm going to run, you know. So that's good enough. I need to, like, separate myself from you. And so I left again, and I just wasn't ready. And so, I mean, I came in. You know, she was willing to help me the second time. I just, I wasn't ready. And I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't hit a bottom yet. It wasn't time yet. And so, but in the next two years, it was, I hit a bottom. And so things got really, really worse. Like, like my life became very, very unmanageable. And um, I started working a job that I really hated. And I remember driving to work eating. Um, got to work at eight. Um, during lunchtime, I ate. On the way home, I would go to the grocery store, get food, and then I would eat when I got home. And my life was like, I mean, it was so small, and I, I lived in an apartment that I hated, and I just had a life that I just didn't like. And I was like, what is this? Like, it's like, how am I becoming this person that I don't like, that I don't, I don't recognize anymore? And it's just, things, it's like the walls are closing in on me. And so um, I remember thinking, this is probably like the end of 2013, and I was just like, well, you know, another diet is not going to fix this. Whatever this is that I'm experiencing right now, where I'm in so much pain that I'm just like, I don't want to want to leave the house. Um, I was like, okay, this is not a food issue, something else. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to figure it out. I just know this is not a food issue. And, uh, and so I just, but I didn't know what to do. And um, in that next um, spring of 2014, um, I had this kind of intuitive thought in the back of my head to say, that said, go back to OA. And I was like, oh, okay, well, thank you for sharing. And, um, but I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that right now. And um, I don't, you know, I wasn't ready to, to take the leap. I was really honestly not, I wasn't convinced. I wasn't convinced. Even though I was in a lot of pain, I wasn't convinced. And so that summer, the same woman had called me and she said, hey, Bahati, do you want to go to a meeting? I said, oh, okay, well, all right. I'll, I'll go to a meeting, all right. So I went to this meeting, and uh, it was the first time, I honestly can say, I mean, I had been to meetings prior to this. So the first time I came in in 2006, 2005, I got chips. I got 30 days, maybe 60 days possibly. Don't remember any of that. But this last time, I just absolutely... 
I heard people's story for the first time. I heard I heard people talking. I couldn't hear, like before, I couldn't hear the steps. I couldn't hear the traditions. I couldn't hear anything. And to me, it did all this sounded like, I mean, like a bunch of like white noise. I couldn't hear anything. And, uh, and this was the first time I actually heard people, and I heard them say things that sound like things that I thought about myself. And I was like, oh, oh, she has the issue with food. And it sounds the way I, it sounds the same way like the way I treat food. Okay, maybe this, maybe something here, maybe something here for me. I'm not sure. And, um, and so that was sort of the start for me. Um, so I went to that one meeting and then I went to a second meeting after that, maybe a week or so later. And I remember it was a, it was a bigger meeting, but it was very few people there. And I remember sitting in the front row and like looking like speaker pretty much in the face. And, um, and she told her story, and I just was like, okay, I think I'm in the right place. I'm not sure where this is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I think I'm in the right place. And so um, the very next day I got abstinent. And so I just, you know, I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I needed to, like, the food behaviors were out of control, but my life was really the issue. And so, um, and whatever else I was eating over was the issue. Like, I knew it wasn't the food itself. And so, unfortunately, that particular sponsor was full at that time and so but she was willing to like take my calls and take my food until I found a sponsor and I found someone towards the end of that month maybe a couple weeks or so and um I mean I literally hit the ground running like I knew for me because like I said because I over intellectualize things I'm in my head a lot like I knew it had to be a spiritual program for me like I knew that spiritual spirituality had to lead my program because I knew if I if I got in my head about it I can talk myself out of out of it again I can like leave again and so um so I was willing and I had a willingness that I didn't have before like I was so desperate I was like whatever you tell me to do I'm willing to do it because whatever this is like I, I'm sure something's better than this like this is this life is crappy right now and so I needed to do something better and um so I found a sponsor started working the steps and um I did everything she told me like she gave me like a literally a laundry list of things to do and which included going to three meetings um taking a service commitment you know making outreach calls um uh, you know, call, I like do a, a mini fourth step, 10 step thing, you know, whatever. Uh, if I get upset, don't call her when I'm upset. I have to like, have already written it out and figured out my own issue before I call her. And so, and I was like, okay. So it was just like, I had like this, this list and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I did it. And so, um, I called people I didn't know, left messages for people I didn't know. Um, I showed up to meetings, became the secretary before, like, within my first 60 days at a meeting that was kind of struggling. Um, I just did what it took. And so I didn't even really know what that meant. I just knew that they said to do this stuff. These things were required or, you know, at least for me to, like, at least get abstinence or recovery or whatever. Is I'm still trying to understand what that meant because I didn't know what that meant. Um, I just knew that I wanted to stop eating, and if you're telling me to do these things, I'll do those things. If it gets me to stop eating, okay, I got it. So I did those things, and um, and slowly I started to find uh, some, I guess, some peace. So I would say that uh, within the first maybe three to six months, um, I really started to see like a change in myself, meaning that just in my head, like it was not as noisy in my head, like my head, like I, I can have a lot of chatter and just a lot of chit chat in my head and a lot of like negative thoughts and just this, this real of like blah, 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 blah in my head. And, uh, and that started to slow down a lot. And, um, and then also I started to think about other people more. Um, a large part of my disease was like selfishness and being self-centered and thinking about myself. And I was like in charge and I'm running the show and you need to get out the way. 
and let me like handle this. And um, it's, that started to kind of subside quite a bit. And uh, I remember maybe about six months in, my sponsor had said, you know, body, you know, you're a lot less negative, you know, or you don't complain as much as you used to. And I was like, I no, I was complaining. Who said I was complaining? Like, you know, so like that was like a mirror that I needed to have. Like I didn't have those mirrors before. Um, I didn't know people wouldn't tell me those things. I had a lot of friends who um, who told me things like after I became abstinent, but uh, people were afraid to tell me. They were afraid to tell me like uh, tell me about myself. Like I needed to. I need people to tell me to read me to let me know to to be able to be a you know, a, a mirror for me because I don't know how to grow. I can't grow just like doing doing the way I think I'm I'm doing it the way I think I'm supposed to be doing it. So it's like if I'm in charge, then it's Bahati's way, and you know, it's, gonna, it's I'm gonna get a small world. You know, I'm gonna my world's gonna be really small, and it's gonna be um, like a, a you know, this, I'm gonna be able to see the ceiling because it's not gonna be you know um, a lot of room for me to grow and move upward, and. Um, so I needed those kind of things, and so I, I didn't take that um, as a as a as a slight. I just I realized that okay, maybe I do have more to learn. Like maybe maybe I don't know everything. Okay, got it. And uh, and this seemed like more and more was revealed. And so um, and for me, working the steps um, has been like really like a life altering experience. Um, I I for sure can say that um, I didn't like I said I didn't know what I signed up for when I came no way. Like I just knew. You know, whatever this was, it was working, I guess. Okay, let's try it out. Um, and I was going to put two feet in uh, because a lot of times my MO was like one foot in, one foot out. I can try to, you know, see if it works. And if I don't like it, I'm going to run. And um, we'll see. I'll get the benefits of whatever does work. If it doesn't work, you know, um, I, I was I was good at just being able to, like, kind of phone it in. Like, okay, I'm just going to sort of show up as, as best I could and, and hopefully um, that'll be enough. And um, and this one one of the first times I really like put two feet in, and I remember once I had a year in program I said wow I really stuck for something for a year you know like that was a huge deal for me um, because I would usually run like I said, and um, but um, yeah so with the so my life now is really um, centered a lot on spirituality and prayer like I wake up every morning um, I journal uh, for maybe like three longhand pages of journaling. Um, I say uh, the serenity prayer, the third step prayer, the seventh step prayer um, on acceptance. Um, I read other uh, literature, like uh, spiritual literature that's outside the program, and then some program uh, literature as well. Um, then I also uh, meditate and I also um, check in with my feelings as often as I can. So, um, like, again, like for me, a, a lot of my issues were using the food to, like, stuff down the feelings that I didn't want to feel. And as soon as, like, the food went away, the feelings came in. It was like, oh, like, whoa, okay, what is that? You know, like, it was really, it hit me hard. And I remember when I first, within the first two weeks or so of abstinence, talking to that, uh, the former sponsor who was, allowed me to call her, um, I was like, wow, these feelings are really crazy. Like, they're just, like, is this how I'm supposed to be feeling? Because I didn't know that's, you know, like, like when the food's gone, it's like the feelings kick in, and they're like, Okay, wow. I mean, you know, like intense for me. And uh and she was like, Yeah, like for her first year it was a roller coaster of feelings and and so what I found is that uh not only uh was it the first year, but that's just like how life is. And so um it's like okay, it doesn't stop, it just keeps going and so it's not always bad and it's not always intense, but it is going. Um and so and it's like, All right, so this is what I signed up for. All right, so 
okay, I'm all right with that. Um, but I find myself often when I'm like leaving voicemails or talking to fellows, and I'm like, oh, the feelings are really big right now. But okay, what day is? Aren't they big? You know, so I have to pretty much just be okay with this is how life is today. And uh, and so, but the emotions come up really strongly, and I realized the food was definitely what kept them down. And uh, and so it's almost like the things that I experienced maybe before program, um, or things that I didn't get a chance to feel, are now coming up to be felt. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just trying to welcome them and, and just be okay with the the, the process. Um, so yeah, so it's just it's really uh, it's. So in, in that way, things have really changed a lot, and just having to make those adjustments for my emotions. And, um, and but for me, really, the relationship with higher power has been a, a key critical part of my program. Um, I came in a program with a higher power concept, sort of. Um, like I had a faith practice I did, and um, but it really still put me in charge, like where I was sort of the higher power, and you know, for lack of a better way to put it. And, uh, and that was hard. That was really difficult because if I'm in charge, again, it's like, you know, I feel all this pressure. I need to take care of it. I have to do it myself. And um, I'm in control. Okay. Like, let me try to map this out and chart or something and, you know, see what I'm going to do. And, you know, like I can really get into like my head again. And, uh, and so, but when I come to OA with this particular faith practice, it started to make less and less sense for me to hold on to it because I saw the people in the program. I was like, well, they don't have this same faith practice that I have, but they have a higher power that's working for them, and it looks like it's working, and they seem sane, they seem, you know, grounded, and um, they're, they're having the life that they want, and to me, that was a big thing for me, it was like, not just, you know, the food being removed, and then dealing with everything that the food was uh, covering, but then also to have a life that I wanted, um, because I felt like it was really difficult to, to create that for myself on my own, um, and so I realized that, you know, I needed something bigger. I needed, I needed a higher power. And, um, and so when I started to be more open and, and surrender to a higher power, uh, the concept of a higher power, um, it just became easier to walk away from that faith practice. And so I really have fully embraced um, a concept of a higher power that I consider to be higher power. I don't, um, you know, it's, it's still um, very uh, fluid for me. And um, it just is really uh, something that is, it's, I don't, it's indescribable. Like, for me, it's like the things that I've seen, the connections that I've made with my higher power have been um, have been incredible. Um, I, I think, for me, like, because I pray often, and I pray, um, you know, like, with intent, so I pray, you know, to really be, like, guided and shown what to do and um, to know what higher power's will is for me and to know um, how things should, you know, move, what's my next step, um, you know, what kind of action I need to take. It's like higher power really shows up. And so for me, it's like, um, you know, that's the big thing that I needed. I needed some direction because, you know, it's like if I'm doing it, then, you know, it's going to be a mess and I'm going to try to fix it. And when higher power is in charge and I'm just taking direction, then things like turn out in a way that I can't even, I can't even imagine. Like it's, it's bigger than what I had imagined. And, um, and that's what I keep learning. And so I feel like this is for me a program of learning. Like I'm not, um, I'm okay with not knowing anymore. Like before I just, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to get all the facts and details before I could even like make a decision. And, you know, now it's like, okay, I show up and I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be okay. And I can be safe and it's okay. And if it's not safe, then I can get over that too. And just that like level of like, uh, like not having that fear anymore has been like, it's, it's really like, uh, made me a lot lighter. 
and um, a lot more um, present and willing to connect with people. Um, so yeah, I guess today uh, my life is a lot lighter. I connect with a lot more people. Um, friends who knew me before program in particular um, talk about how um, I guess now I'm much more, um, I guess I would say grounded, but then I'm also very uh, very present in a way that I wasn't before. And so where I'm able to be able to like connect with them and be there for them and, you know, show up. And then at the same time, have clear, clear boundaries for myself because a lot of my story too is that I'm a people pleaser and I want people to like me and I want to, you know, want to do what's best for everyone else and not for myself. And now I'm able to like have a clear, you know, line between like, okay, this is good for you. This is good for me. And let's see how we can work it out. And we can have a win-win. And before it was always more like lose-win, you know, um, I was always feel like I was losing and then that would create resentment and that would lead me back to the food. And now I realize I can't live that way anymore. And so for me, the big book gave me a way to live. It gave me a way to cope with my life, to cope with, you know, just all the emotions and things that come up that are natural. These things are natural. Like I'm going to feel upset or sad or angry, you know, if have some, maybe some fear challenges around finances, um, those things are natural in life, but it's like, you know, but to, but to not have a way to deal with it has been part of my problem, not to have power uh, or source of power, um, you know, which I lacked, which is why I was a compulsive eater, um, was my issue. And so to know that I have a power, you know, power source, which is higher power, um, I can always be plugged into that. And as long as I show up, so I have to keep showing up every day. And so I, I realized that, um, you know, starting so hard, I guess, hitting the ground running when I first started and then now being able to look back on the work that I've done, it's like, it's, it's like, to me, it's like second nature. Like, I don't think twice about, like, writing in the morning or praying or meditating. Like, it feels uncomfortable not to now. And, um, and so I'm grateful to be at that place um, and to continue to be willing to grow and, and um, do my best to be of service to others. So thank you for letting me share. Are there any questions? Sure. So the question was, was my experience like with sponsoring? So, um, yeah, I currently sponsor uh, one person right now. Um, and uh, I pretty much follow the same guidelines that my sponsor gives me. Um, so we uh, study the big book directly. Um, and then they uh, read from, or we read together from the OA and the AA 12 and 12s. Um, pretty much, I, I follow everything my sponsor does for me. So the same laundry list that she gave me, I gave my sponsor, my sponsee. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we check in, uh, daily, um, and we talk about, like, what's going on in life, you know, because that's what leads us to the food. And so I, I, I try to, uh, for me, when I, especially, particularly with my sponsee, when I speak with her, um, I try to remember where I was. And so, like, like what was I willing to receive at that point? And so I, I keep, for me, I keep going back to the big book because we're, we're reading it quite a bit now. And, uh, and I just say, well, remember how we talked about this and how we talked about that. And so how we, how we talked about how our lives are unmanageable, how we need to have a psychic change. And for me, that's, like, the, uh, the big part of it because it's, like, um, it's easy to get caught up in, like, you know, wanting to diet or to lose weight or to, you know, to be, you know, uh, to have the food lifted without doing the work. Um, so I really try to uh, talk a lot about um, the suggestions in the big book and then also my own experience in, in programs. How do you know um, your higher power is will versus your will? Hmm. 
the question was, how do I know my higher power's will versus my own will? Um, that's a good question. Um, that is uh, not always clear-cut. I will say that for sure. Um, I wish I can say it was a clear-cut way. Um, what I found is that my will wants to rush in and do things immediately. And so if I take a pause and I pray about it and I say, okay, all right, and I want to do something right now because that's my, my will is like, let's get it knocked out right now. And so I want to jump on it. And that's how I know the difference for sure. And so higher power is a little bit more gentle. So I, I can pray about it right now. And it might be something I feel like I need to have an answer for right now, even though it may not happen for a couple of days. And uh, and it'll be something I'll be driving and I'll get this answer. And that literally happened a couple of days ago. And I was praying about something. And as so I'm in the car listening to an audiobook or something, I'm like, oh, okay. I'll get the answer. It'll come to me. And so that's usually how it comes for me. It's very gentle. It's not going to hit me over the head. But I have to be um, willing and, and present enough to get it. So if I'm, like, you know, trying to, like, zone out on TV or, like, you know, trying to, like, find some other ways to escape beside the food, then it's hard to get it. But, yeah, I find that if I just kind of slow down, it'll come. What are your relationships like with your family now, your mom and your dad? Sure. Uh, so the question was, uh, what are my relationships like now with my family and friends? Um, so, yeah, I'm an only child, and uh, my parents live in Florida. Uh, so they've been there for about 10 years, and uh, I think that was probably a good catalyst for me moving in a program. Um, I think if they were here physically, it would probably would have been a lot more difficult, uh, just because um, my parents are a little bit overbearing, um, even though I'm an adult, and I've been an adult for quite a while. Um, they, I mean, I think that's most parents, but I feel like they're maybe a little, a little bit more overbearing. Um, so what I found is that, um, I'm more patient with them than I used to be. Um, I realize when I'm in their home, like I'm going to go visit them around Christmas and, uh, it's, it's tough. Like it's tough because I do get those, the triggers, the pains, the pains that I would feel when I was a kid or like a teenager where I want to eat because they're doing something crazy. I go, okay, I need to go to the food. And um, and so what I found is that um, the relationship is better because I'm different. And so, like, I try to be of service and show up the best way I can. Um, last Christmas, my dad um, had a stroke. And so maybe a day or two before I got there, he had the stroke. And I remember thinking, I remember calling fellows, like, okay, I'm trying to show up the best way I can, and I'm going to see what happens when I get there. And uh, and I showed up, and um, by the time I got there, he was already ready to leave the hospital. And so he was just like, all right, let's go, okay, you know. And so I was like, okay, so, all right. So, I mean, but still, there's other things, there's other, other underlying issues there for why he had the stroke, and he doesn't want to look at that. And it's fearful. It's fearful. And I know he's scared. And so the best thing I can do is just pray for him and pray for my mom and just be and just do what I can. Um, I try not to, um, like, they want to, um, they want me to sometimes do what they want me to do um, just to make them happy. And I tell them I can't do that. You know, like, I, you know, if it's not a win win, then I can't do that anymore. And that makes them upset. And so they're often. Um, I guess I'm going to say upset with me, but I feel like it's a healthy relationship because I am able to, like, crave boundaries that are healthy for me. And uh, and I remember maybe two years ago I had an issue with that where I didn't want to speak up, and I realized that was part of the reason why I didn't want to speak up in front of my parents. Um, when they say stuff that's kind of off the wall and, and a little offensive, you know, maybe to some people, um, I didn't want to say anything because I was afraid that they would cut me off you know, financially or, you know, whatever, like it was, you know, it was like this, this real fear that I had. 
And I remember having to pray about it. And I said, I have to pray about this. And, you know, higher power is in charge. They're not my higher power. And um, so I, I think that uh, it's a better relationship because I'm able to be more of an adult. But it's fearful and scary for them because, you know, I am becoming an adult. And I'm, I'm growing in a way that makes them uncomfortable. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really ultimately the best for the both of us. So the question was, um, did I ever feel like my heart was closing off the program? And if so, what did I do to, to stop that or prevent it? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I guess I wouldn't say closing off. Um, hmm. I probably would say that I realize maybe every year in, or a year and a half, I need to like revamp things. Um, so, um, like if I'm going into the same meetings and seeing the same people and doing the same thing, it feels like a wreck for me. And so that could be sort of like a closing off, like where, oh, okay, do I really need to be doing this? Because I'm already doing this already. Okay, you know, um, I'm not sure if that's what you mean. Um, and so what I found is that I have to shake it up. So I have to start calling new people or I have to do, you know, start reading a different kind of piece of literature. Um, so it's like I have to, like, switch things up. Otherwise, it will feel like, you know, kind of like, a, like it can turn into resentment. And I can feel like i got to do this again. You know, i got to keep showing up. So thank you for your question. Cool.